Welcome to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Hey, 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 it's Mama T here. I'm so sorry that I left you guys hanging last week for the one or two people that are actually still listening to the podcast. Sorry, guys. Um, I... I, we usually try to record these podcasts um, before Friday so that we can release them on Friday. And as you know, things have been a little different lately because I'm recording on my own and we are working on some other special projects. Uh, but I fully intended to record on Friday morning uh, last week and I jacked up my back pretty bad in my morning workout and it was so painful that I ended up on muscle relaxers, which made me high as a kite. And although that might have made for a really interesting podcast, um, it sort of laid me out for the weekend. And honestly, I was just in no shape, nor did I feel like talking about myself because honestly, I was in a really shitty mood and I felt pretty crappy. Um you know, but anyway, so that's why there was no podcast last week. And we are going to continue today with the Making Mama Tea series. Um, today is actually Thursday, June 24th. So I'm going to release this tomorrow on Friday as I'm supposed to. And I'm going to try to record a second one so that you guys actually will have two to listen to hopefully tomorrow. Um, and we'll see how far we get. So where did we leave off last week um, or two weeks ago? So I had, I think we made it all the way to me through high school. So I graduated high school. So that's good. We accomplished that. Um, so after high school, I was, I went to uh, University of Maryland at College Park and I was doing the whole college part a college park uh, experience. Well, I thought so, you know, I was staying on campus. Um, I had a roommate. Now, I think my problems kind of started, I probably have to back up just a little bit. So in my senior year of high school, at that time, I was working for a wise supermarket. And I had a pretty serious boyfriend that my, my whole senior year of high school, he was older than me and in the military. And I guess I thought I was grown and it was cool to like get credit cards at the time. And he co-signed for me. Um, and I'm telling you this because that was sort of when I started to rack up some debt, um, for those of you that know, when you go off to college, um, they start throwing credit cards at you. I mean, like all of, I don't know if they still do it anymore, but all over campus, it was like credit cards and debit cards and all this stuff. Anyway, I don't remember how or why I started accumulating credit cards, but I did. And that's pretty much how I paid for everything. So I went into my freshman year of college with debt um, trying to live on campus. My, I had my grandmother, my dad's mom. Um, I think she paid for one year of college for me. And that was kind of like all anybody could afford. So I was pretty much paying my own way. Um, and I had all these bills to pay. So while everybody else was partying on campus, um, I, 
was working. So I actually had to leave campus and go to work. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know that I really got like the full experience. I didn't join any uh, sororities. Um, you know, I did make friends with my roommates and, you know, we hung out and stuff, but I never really got close with anybody because I was constantly off campus having to work. God, the amount of, I think I was one of the only people that had a car on campus and I kept parking it where illegally because there was never anywhere to park and I got so many tickets, so more debt. Anyway, so I don't think I could afford to live on campus anymore. I honestly don't remember why. But I decided after my first semester to get an apartment, or rather it was kind of a a townhouse, with uh, my cousin Chrissy and uh, one of the girls that I worked with at the grocery store. Her name was Sherry. And so we rented this townhouse um, in Severn in Lake Village. So if anybody knows where that is, so it's kind of around the Fort Meade area. Um, So we rented this townhouse and... We had lots of parties. Now, you notice I'm not really talking that much about my schoolwork, probably because I think I was there sometimes, but I don't think I was there very much because now I am actually commuting back and forth to school and I'm probably going even less. I'm less motivated to be there. Um, I, we were, I think we were doing probably lots of parties at our place I think Chrissy was probably going to community college. She ended up doing really, really well, so she's better than me. And she went off to Virginia Tech and graduated from there and um, got her master's degree. And so she she did great. So as much as I loved school in high school, let's just say, for some reason, I just completely lost my shit when it came to college. And I and I'm not 100 percent sure why. Um, there was one sort of really bad dating experience. I started dating this guy that was a drug dealer, um, not recommended. And I know that I went off with him to some pretty scary places and some pretty scary situations. Um, God, I remember, I remember one night he took me or I was with him and we went to I don't know, somebody's house that lit in Brooklyn Park somewhere up up near Baltimore. And it was this couple. I mean, they were obviously older than us, but not that old. And they had a teenage daughter. And this group of guys was selling drugs out of their house. So they were kind of the, I don't know, maybe they were the drug kingpins and the guys were all selling drugs for them. Um... I remember they would all go down in the basement and they would do the drug deals there. I was not allowed to go in the basement. Um, I remember seeing their teenage daughter. I say teenager. God, I think she might have been 12. And she had crack cocaine in a Sucrets can. Yeah, so 12-year-old girl is selling crack. And the guys are all in the basement selling drugs. And I think there was a vacant house next to these were like row homes. And... The guys would go over there and sell drugs as well. It was a super scary, shady situation, yet I put myself there knowing that this was super scary, shady shit. So once again, just a a laundry list of dumb shit I did as a a young, as a teenager and into my um, 
my early adult years and uh, somehow one so always wonder how in the hell I survived it. Um, I remember there was this huge fight at some point and there was a lot of blood. I remember somebody had a lead pipe and this was with the couple that owned the house. Um, somebody ushered me outside. I don't know that I was any safer outside, but I just remember being absolutely fucking terrified. Um, seeing these people fight like this with lead pipes and then obviously all the drugs and stuff. And honestly, I, I still to this day do not know what the fuck I was thinking. Um, there was another instance. I remember his, um, the, the guy I was dating, his name was Victor. Um, his cousin, I think also in the business and we were at his cousin's townhouse somewhere. I don't even know where we were. DC, Baltimore, who knows? And they went off to Lord knows what deal drugs or whatever. And I remember being left in this house by myself and I, God, this is the strangest memory, but I remember there being like, uh, the window was broken in the bedroom where I was trying to sleep and it was freezing cold outside. Like, I don't know if there wasn't heat. Anyway, I was terrified and I guess I never said anything. And this was, so, you know, if you guys know me now, I'm all women's rights and, you know, speak your mind and, you know, uh, God, you know, don't let men treat you this way and that way. Well, I did all the dumb shit, all the dumb shit. I've learned a lot of lessons in my life. Um, anyway, so I know that he would borrow slash steal my car on the regular. And so therefore I could not go to school. So if I did not have a car, I couldn't go to school because I wasn't living on campus. Oh God. I think he stole a TV from me. Uh, gosh, I don't even remember. It was a bad situation. Um, Eventually, um, that whole situation fell through and, you know, I couldn't, uh, I, he eventually went away. I don't know. We, we stopped dating. I don't remember what happened, but he stole some shit from me and I guess I never heard from him again. Who knows? Um, eventually I had to move back home. So I actually moved into the basement of my mom's house, um, which, <laughs> the basement. So it was kind of a finished basement, but it was kind of not like my grandparents had made it finished a little bit so that they had a place to stay, um, after they had moved to, um, Chincoteague permanently when they would come up to visit. And, um, so yeah, so it was kind of finished, but I remember <laughs> the, uh, bathroom part of it was sort of still like a cellar and it was kind of this like concrete room, with a drain and there were these little steps up to a toilet on a platform and it was really sort of sketchy, <laughs> but I stayed down there, um, for probably, I don't know, maybe, maybe a year, maybe a year or so. Um, so maybe until I was, I don't know, maybe I was 19, 20. I'm not, not entirely sure. Eventually, I stopped going to school. So I, I think I made it halfway through my sophomore year. And I was just, I think I just had to work so much. I had bills. Um, and I just wasn't into school. So um, to kind of give you a quick lowdown on, you know, school after that. So if I just kind of like talk about my education real quick. Um, you know, when I went to University of Maryland, um, my, I think my original major was psychology. 
I still absolutely love psychology. So anybody who knows me knows, and if you guys are following this podcast, you know how much we talk about um, the mindset and the psychology of things, um, because I still do a lot of reading on that, a lot of research, because it's still, um, God, the, the human brain and the mind and the emotions, I think I am just fascinated by all of that. Probably a lot to do with my upbringing. Um, and I switched my major to criminology, so all, you guys also know I love true crime. So even back then, I wanted to be probably some kind of crime scene investigator. I was fascinated by crime and psychology. Um, so, you know, got criminal minds, right? Like, and uh, FBI profiling. That is so my jam. I love that stuff. But anyway, I didn't make it. So a couple years down the road, I ended up going back to school. So I went to community college because I had decided I was going to be, um, I wanted to be in the medical field. Um, so I took some um, classes on being an EMT and I took some medical terminology classes. So I think my goal was I was going to be like a medical assistant or something. And um, to this day, those classes were incredible incredibly helpful. One, because I ended up getting a really great job out of it. Um, I'll get to that in a second. But two, learning medical terminology. So that was kind of like my first foray into really um, understanding the human body and the, you know the body systems and, and all of that, which eventually led me to, I mean, way down the road to where I am now. But these are you, there's kind of these stepping stones, um, even early on in my life, in my you know late teens, early twenties, and the things that I was um, really fascinated by, and the things that I really liked. That you know, in hindsight, are the things that really led me to where I am now. You know, from being wanting to be a teacher um, when I was very young to oh god, I wanted to be a veterinarian. You, everybody knows how much I love animals, but I was like, that's too much school. So I. Plus, I don't think I could deal with all the animal death. I don't think I could do it. Um, I wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted to be a psychologist. I wanted to be a therapist. I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to be a, a you know, a criminologist, all of those things. Um, I wanted to be a medical, you know, medical assistant. Um, and from, you know, there, I think I, you know, I, I never really finished my degree. So, um, that's actually going to play a pretty significant role in my career. So I'm going to kind of give you guys a lowdown on my career in this podcast. So, um, we can finally get, get somewhere. Cause I think some of you are really waiting to see, um, you know, how I, how I got where I am now part of it, but I have to give you the background. Um, so I took classes here and there over the years, but never actually finished my degree. And honestly, got to a point in my life where, I mean, I still think about it sometimes. I'm like, oh, well, it would be nice to just finally finish a degree. But, you know, I take classes. I do a lot of continuing education. I've done a ton of certifications. And um, I do consider myself um, a highly qualified coach um, because of my experience and um, continuing education that I've done throughout the years, even though I've never actually completed a degree program. So, um, all right. So anyway, so that's kind of education wise. So let's go through the careers. So I sort of changed jobs. Like I changed my underwear maybe more frequently. Just kidding. Um, I 
I mean, shit. Like, I think, you know, I mentioned in one of the podcasts, uh, you know, how I did so many, I tried piano and I tried violin and I did cheerleading and I did softball and I rode horses and I did all of these things, but I never really stuck with anything. Um, you know, I would feel like I got good at something and I was like, okay, that's good enough. And then I would move on. Like I didn't try to actually excel at anything. I was just like, okay, I'm kind of good at that. And then I'll just move on to something else. Never really had, I guess, a passion or a drive for any one thing. So I was working at the uh, Weiss uh, supermarket um, while I was in college. And where did I go from there? Gosh, um, I don't think I'm going to get these out of order, but now I think from there, I also was, uh, oh, while I was going to school part-time, I was working as a receptionist at a car dealership. So I was working two jobs and going to school. Um, then I got a job as a receptionist in a law firm in Columbia. Um, that job was great because, um, I would get like all my work done probably in the first 30 minutes that I was there. And then I would read John Grisham books all day long. I would literally go through like a John Grisham book a day. That was back when I would actually physically have a book and read it. That was so long ago. Um, so I worked at this law firm. Um, I, I think I did a really good job. I made, I met some really great friends that I, you know, Scott stayed friends with, uh, for years and years. Um, and then I was working at the car dealership and then through the medical terminology class that I was taking, um, my teacher actually had a position open for an assistant. She worked for a medical malpractice insurance company. So I went to work for her and I was doing like, um, office work. So it was like accounts receivable and payable and other office stuff. And we would have seminars and I would help her conduct the seminars. Um, but it was basically their job to like teach the doctors, the physicians, how not to get sued. Right. So don't do dumb shit. So you don't get sued. Man, did I see some crazy malpractice suits when I was working there. So that was a really interesting job. Um, and then from there, I think from there is when I started um, working as a contractor for the government. I started where a friend of mine was a, a contractor for the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office in D.C. Um, so he got me a job working for his company as a contractor. And so that was my start into the government. I started... Um, as a contractor. And I want to say in a very short period of time, I don't, I don't even think it was a year. Um, but the government actually hired me off of my contract. So that was my, um, my first step into the government, uh, federal government. Um, I started as a GS seven, I believe that was maybe it was a five. I can't remember. I want to say I made $30,000 a year when I started that job and through, I worked at the U S patent and trademark office. Whew, I want to say two or three years, my total government career. If I had written this down, if I had written this down, it would have been so useful you guys. So I apologize. This, I literally just decided I was going to sit down and record because otherwise I keep putting it off and everybody's out of my house. And so I'm, I, I'm not going to bore you with the details, but I worked for the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, and then I went to uh, 
work for the Smithsonian Institution, Institute, not institution. Haha, <laughs> that's funny. It's <laughs> the Smithsonian in DC. Um, and it was actually one of the people I worked with at the patent office that asked me to come work with them at the Smithsonian. Um, so I left the patent office, went to work for the Smithsonian. Um, I actually was a tech wizard, believe it or not. Um, I did at the patent office, actually. So what was cool about the patent office is I helped them um, with their uh, online patent filing software. And so I was part of the team that that put that together. And I would actually get to travel all over the country and um, give seminars to patent attorneys and um, individual uh, people who did patents, uh, inventors, they were called. And um, we would get to go all over. I got to travel everywhere in the country and give seminars to them on how to use the software for filing uh, patents electronically. Uh, which was really cool because I really got to see a lot of places in the country I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. I got to go to Stillwater, Oklahoma, <laughs> uh, which doesn't sound like much, but we got to go to Oklahoma City and I got to see the Oklahoma uh, City Bombing Memorial. Um, I traveled, I mean, we were in Texas and California and um, we were in Chicago and we were in, um, uh, where else were we? I can't remember. All over the place. I got to go everywhere. So that was fun. I did a lot of traveling. Um, from the Smithsonian, uh, my boss at the Smithsonian left uh, Smithsonian to go work at um, the Department of Defense. Um, and at that time, I was getting a little restless. And I was thinking, you know... I'm going to leave the government and go back to, to working in the private industry because I could make more money. I had somebody offering me a job um, that it was a, a independent business owner who did some other things with um, patents um, who wanted to hire me. And so I was lured away from the government for a very short period of time. I went back into the real world and decided fairly quickly I didn't like the job. I had maybe been there a couple months. And because my boss that had left and gone to Department of Defense said, hey, why don't you come work for me? I quit my job and I called him and I said, please tell me the job is still open. Um, and so even though it took about three months for me to get um, to get into uh, DOD because I had to have security clearance and all that, it takes forever. Um and they actually fast-tracked me. So um, long story short, I was at that point, I had become a, a PeopleSoft expert. And PeopleSoft is a financial uh, management software. Um, and they were implementing PeopleSoft at this DOD agency. And um, it was failing miserably. So they needed to bring on these experts. So they took my boss and she brought me and several other, uh, others of us from the Smithsonian. And, um, so that's how I got into department of defense and that's where I finished off my career. And I worked there. Um, so I did the people soft thing as a technical expert for a number of years. And I got really tired of being in, you know, the, technical side of things and, and really wanted to see, um, what I would call the, the cool secret squirrel stuff, uh, that went on at this agency. And so, 
Um, I managed to find a position um, that sort of fit my skill set, and I convinced them that even though I had no experience in in that actual division, that it was good that they had somebody with no experience because I could come in with fresh eyes. And I was actually really excited, so I got into signals intelligence. Um, and at that point, I kind of took off, and I earned uh, I got my Lean Six Sigma black belt. So I basically became a process improvement expert. Um, and then I started teaching, uh, the Lean Six Sigma classes. So I was actually one of the first government Lean Six Sigma, um, experts definitely at that agency. Um, and so I, I ended up having a really, really great career. I ran my own team. Um, you know, I even got to a point where I was able to hire, you know, four or five people outside. They were contractors and they let me hire them on as government employees and, I managed a really phenomenal team, um, and by the time I left the government, um, I had earned, um, I had almost, I was supposed to get my GS-12 and I during that promotion cycle, and I actually asked them to give it to my employee uh, because I knew I was leaving. So, you know, promotions were few and far between, so I actually asked them to, I'm sorry, not a 12. A 15, my bad. I was a 14 when I left. So the only reason why I say that is because, you know, going back to, um, you know, not having gotten my degree and not having finished college, um, I had to work my ass off um, to prove myself in a good old boys network because the Department of Defense if not all of the other government agencies that I worked in, um, were just that. I mean, they were, you know, man led and, um, now I'm not saying like, I'm not a man hater has nothing to do with that, but I can tell you that being a woman, um, and being, having to prove yourself in, in some of the environments that I was in, um, it was hard. And I felt like I had to be smarter, tougher, faster um, than any of my counterparts that weren't women. So, you know, I managed in my 15 years in the government to um, to work my way up to a GS-15, um, running a group, you know, running my own team and um, doing really well for myself, even not having done the college thing not finish the college degree. But I think I had to work harder because I didn't have a college degree that said, look how smart I am. So I had to prove how smart I was. So that took me up to 2016. I'm not going to go past that because that is when I left the government to do my coaching full time. But that's, that's a whole nother podcast. So there's a whole lot of stuff I, I sort of glossed over so I wanted to give you guys a rundown of my career um, and this podcast. Um, and, th- you know, throughout that, you know, so there was, you know, so I, I left the government in 2016. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there I have to cover, and I think I'm going to save that for the next podcast. But I definitely want to kind of talk through a little bit of, um, my first marriage, um, how I got to that first marriage, um, 
meeting Brandy because that was during the first marriage because there's going to be lots of fun stories in there. If you've never heard us tell the story of um, how we started working, how we became friends and how we started working together um, to the, you know, the team that we are now. I mean, it's, it's been over 20 years. Um, my first marriage, my second marriage, um, giving birth to my son was all in there during that government career time period. Um, my, I started competing during that, that time period. Um, you know, so during that 15 year government career, when I was working my way up that government, um, ladder, I was doing all of the other life things too. Um, so anyway, I think that is at least a brief overview of my career. Um, had lots of little jobs when I was younger. I think I told you in high school, I like did the McDonald's thing. I worked at the grocery store. I worked at a car dealership. I, oh my God, I did telemarketing once. I tried to sell coupon books. I don't even remember when that was. Um, I partied a lot and, um, there was more of the, uh, hanging out with, uh, men that I probably shouldn't have been in my, uh, my, er my late teen, early twenties, um, the drug dealer and others. Um, so, you know, I kind of alluded to some of that when I was talking about, uh, my time in high school and, um, some experiences with being in situations that I probably shouldn't have been and seriously don't know how I survived most of them. So, I'll leave it there and then I will pick back up with the next podcast and tell you a little bit about um, the personal life during that career. And hopefully you guys are still listening. Thanks for hanging in with me and sorry again for leaving you hanging last week. I will be back soon. Remember, don't get weird. Use your head. It'll all be okay. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Coaching and Cocktails, the podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you like to stream your favorites. Bye.